Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Welcome back to Dum Dums 2099, where improvisers who've never roleplayed before journey into a futuristic world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukake, your host. Alan, Declan, and Honor System are carrying out their plan to infiltrate House Ventus. But will our heroes survive their botched ambush? Will Alan be able to successfully impersonate a drunken heiress? Will Honor System lie or ruin everything the moment they get asked a question? Find out next on Dum Dums and Dragons 2099. The card dovetails and then smashes into the corner of the building and bursts into flame. And I turn on my comm link and I just say, Drunky fuck does kill them all. Are the guys on bikes? They're freaking out. The dwarf pulled his bike around mm. and has just seen this happen. So he's using the bike as cover and covering the vehicle. The orc is rushing to try and get Tiffany out of the car. All right, kill him all. So I'm just going to run out of the alley and hopefully surprise attack. You're going to come out behind the dwarf, but in front of the orc. I'll attack the dwarf. Okay. And Alan, what are you doing? I'm going to try to make it to the car to open the door okay. to see if I need to finish off Tiffany. Are you going to miss the step of, over there? Why the hell not? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> it's a quiet street. Since we're all on the same channel, I will say the car is on fire. Secure DNA before it is destroyed. I'm on it. Tyler, can you roll me your attack, please? Okay. 11 to hit. That will not hit. Okay. You rush in and slash across the back of his armor. The nice thing about working security for rich people is they buy you nice shit. So as your blade touches the seemingly plasticized armor, it actually turns a sheen of crystal, almost like a diamond as it hardens based on the impact. Does he take shock damage? He does take shock damage. So he'll take one from your... My sword? Your sword, yeah. It's still a robot hitting you with a metal stick, even if the blade isn't going through. Cool. Okay, which brings us to Alan. Alan, because you're not running up, you're not getting shot at by the dwarf. Misty stepped to the side of the car. The door is on fire. Can you please roll me an exert check to rip the door out? It's hard because it's on a weird vertical hinge. Eight. Okay, yeah, you managed to sort of crack it open a bit. Inside, Tiffany's pretty fucked up. She's currently on fire. Her jaw is missing, and she's scrabbling at the gap in the door, reaching out to you. Cut off her hand. <laughs> we need her whole hand to steal her money. <laughs> yeah, this is pretty awful. She doesn't look like she's going to make it, right? She took a sniper shot to the jaw and crashed her car. It looks like her rib cage is crushed, and she's on fire. So, no, she's not looking great. Okay, so I'm going to pull her out, because I figure live weight is easier to pull out than dead weight. <laughs> so... I will take her hand and pull her out of the vehicle. She manages to kind of wriggle out. And I will magic missile her. Oh, Just put her out of her misery. I know, but it's just, it's cold. I like to imagine what this looks like is you pull her out. And she's scrabbling and she's like still swearing at you and shit because she's still an awful person. And then if we're looking at it cinematically, you reach down to like do the paddles on her. And instead you just unleash magic missile. I'm just going to say her chest explodes. Okay. Like, you're point-blank yeah. magic missling an incapacitated person. I do say, I'm sorry, right before they hit. She can't respond because she has no jaw. She just kind of looks at you with confusion in her eyes, and then her chest explodes. She hears me over the comm link say, oh, I'm sure that made her feel better. Uh, and I shoot at the orc. <laughs> Go ahead and roll. 16. Yep, that'll hit. 13 damage. You punch a hole through his armor. He's still up, but uh, he looks pretty fucked up. And now that he's seen a, a sniper and Tiffany get killed, he looks at Alan and he's like, 
my paycheck! Um, and uh, he levels his rifle at Alan. I calm link to honor system. Well, I tagged the one behind you, but it turns out he's a tough fucker. <laughs> so the orc, he was running to help, so he didn't have a gun in his hands. So he's going to use a free action to pull his SMG around mm. and fire off two shots at you. Uh, what's your AC? 14 total. So he will hit you. Who cares? You got a million HP. Not that much. <laughs> like a million though, right? Like 16? Oh, close. They take five points of damage okay. as a bullet tears through your shoulder. Congratulations. You are now equal to Declan at full health. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And he kind of like drops to one knee with his rifle up, which brings us to combat dwarf. So the dwarf's been hit in the back. That fucking hurts. So he is going to turn on you. And as he does so, he's going to pull out you know, like the red dead snub nosed shotgun pistol thing. Oh, okay. You rolled badly. So I think what I'm going to say is he goes to pull it. You, in close combat, slap his elbow back in. So mm. he reholsters it. Uh, awesome. I'm um, cool. He doesn't manage to fire off any shots, but now he's got it free. This is basically a close combat melee gun. So he likely won't have disadvantage moving forward. Okay. But getting it out and trained on you at that distance was hard for him. So you're good for now. Next round, he'll be fighting it at full strength. Okay. So everyone, please roll initiative now that we're, we're there. Six. Sixteen. Eleven. Okay. So top of the round, Declan. Well, I hit that orc once. You know what? I really hate fuckers that don't stay down. <laughs> so we'll shoot at him again. Cool. 25. That'll hit. Ooh, yeah, I bet that'll hit. 14 damage. You punched a hole through his shoulder the last time. You look at the dials on your scope and you're like, <sighs> you had him lined up for Tiffany, not for some orc. So you twist the dial. I just get so nervous readjust. about honor system that it makes me <laughs> slightly worse at my yeah. job. So you just slightly readjust and the next one takes him in the eye, blows out the back of his head and he's dead. And I am out of ammo, so I have to reload next turn. Great. I'm going to give you one point of inspiration for continuing to help out Alan. Keep her secret. Keep her safe. Which brings us to honor system. Is it just the dwarf bodyguard left? It's just the dwarf. There were other people in the car, but they are dead because of the crash and fire. I'm just going to cut him down then. Go ahead. 12. 12. Keep in mind you have your once per... So as I understand, I don't even have to re-roll. It just turns a missed attack into yes, a hit. Yes, that is correct. So 1d8 plus 1. So that's 3 damage. Toughest dwarf in Nair Frost. <laughs> <laughs> you guys aren't the only people who can survive getting hit in this world. So yeah, he puts one hand on your shoulder, takes the shotgun and just like jams it normally into your gut. But mm -hmm. given that you're a robot, it tings against you and he's like, huh? Yeah. And then he's going to let you have it with both barrels. One will hit, the other one just kind of dissipates yep. off the side. And from that, you will take six points of damage. So I'll reduce that by one to five? Yes, that's correct. But he blasts it off, clicks the gun down, and you see him reaching with his mouth for bullets he's got stored in his... In his gauntlet? Yes, thank you, in his gauntlet. Think like Rob Leefield characters, so he's got pouches and shit, but you can tell he's out of ammo. And he's got an arm on me? Yep. So that was his turn. Alan? I'm going to try another magic missile. Yeah, we'll just do level one, so we'll just do the three of them. Going to sure. nail him right between the eyes. Oh, that's eight to hit. That will not hit. Whoops. <laughs> um, you line up magic missile to launch it, but unfortunately he's so close to honor system that you don't feel safe firing that off without hitting him. And, you know, you've accidentally hurt enough allies in your past that you're, you're a little twitchy about letting loose. So Yeah. I did choose not to do like a focused fireball. So <laughs> yep. I feel like that's still Very an true. improvement Very for Alan. Yeah. <laughs> None of our characters are aware of that, but yeah. sure. But I, inside I feel proud. Top of the round, Declan. <laughs> I'm frantically reloading Freddy, just saying, come on, Fred, everyone's shit in the back out there. So you managed to lock a bullet into the chamber and that will be your turn. Brings us to honor system. I'm going to fire my grappling hook up the building over us basically. And once it finds purchase, I'm going to take a slack bit of rope, tie it around the dwarf's arm and then activate the uh, grappling hook's reel. Sure. Can you roll me a... I've got exert. I'm assuming... Oh, I'm exert. Like, yeah, yeah exert. It's like trying to like tie down like a squirming pig or something. Sure. Like, yeah. like I'm hog tying him sort of. So yeah, go ahead. Roll, okay. roll an exert check, please. So that is eight. 
Can you also roll me a ranged attack, please? Sure. Not one. So you wrap the cord around him. You aim up and you fire the grappling hook gun. It finds purchase and it pulls. Unfortunately, as you're tangling him up, he manages to punch through the side of you and grab on hard too. Mm -hmm. So the two of you are rocketing up into the sky. Okay. You drop your sword as you go because space. Dang, Legion. Currently, you two are rappelling upward up a building. You can see the grappling hook shaking and starting to pull out because it's not built for your combined weight. Okay. Brings us to the dwarf. He was flying through the air. So he drops his gun and he's holding on to you and he needs to roll enemies in this game, which I really appreciate, have sort of like a panic threshold um, at which they'll just like leave. Yeah, you're flying up through the air. He's holding on to you. He looks up, he sees the grappling hook start to go and he's like, it's me or you, bot, and it's going to be me. And he tries to boot you off the grapple. So can you roll me an opposed exert check, please? Five. So he he got 13. <laughs> Holy shit. So his survival instinct kicks in hard. He just gives you the dirty boot. Mm-hmm. Um, so he punts you off of the rope. He continues to fly up towards the top of the building. You're going to fall five stories. Okay. You're going to take 10 points of falling damage okay. as you uh And is there the damage reduction for that as well? No, I don't think armor prevents you from getting hurt from falling from yeah. a okay. high height. It, it also damaged the armor. <laughs> yeah. As I'm falling, this is my intention the entire time before I rolled a nat fucking one. But basically, this dwarf was taking cover behind a motorcycle, so giving him cover and disadvantage to you. So I was hoping basically having him dangle there like a free shot. So I think that still applies. So I think as I'm falling, he's still in the open sky now. 100%. Um, so I think as I'm falling, because I'm a robot, I'll just like calmly say as I'm plummeting, Declan, a free shot. I'm at 2 <laughs> HP, but I don't think I, Honor System like can really convey that in his voice. So he's just like, thud. Good news is you're next to your sword. So Great. Yeah. That's the first thing I reach for then. <laughs> I clutch the yeah, sword. It's just like trembling hand yeah. out of the crater and yeah. you grab the sword. That brings us to Alan. There's a dangling dwarf in the sky. I feel like lightning travels well through the sky. Yes. Let's do a fun, toasty witch bolt and see if I can just fry him. I mean, I figure if anyone's looking, it'll look like lightning. Coming out of you. Yeah. <laughs> right. It'll look like you threw lightning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so go ahead and roll, please. <laughs> Seven to hit. Classic witch bolt. Classic. So, Alan, it's been a while, and with your enhanced senses, you throw witch bolt out, and it Matrix-style blasts the windows out of the area around them, which fall down in a rain of beautiful shards. You know, even though this didn't go the way I wanted it to, I have a slight smile because it does remind me of old times. (laughs) The dwarf starts screaming and tries to scramble faster up towards the roof. Brings us to the top of the round. Declan, you've successfully reloaded. You've just watched your best pal plummet, and you've just watched Alan unleash magic. Yeah, so I'm furious and panicked, but at the same time, a professional sniper and questionable sociopath. So, like, my heartbeat hasn't changed because I'm focused on keeping that in control of my breathing. So I'm sighting in on the dwarf, and all I do before I fire is trigger my comm link and just say... Stitch, the next time we leave you in the van before an ambush, just remind us of what happened today. And then I do the classic exhale and then fire on the dwarf. 17. Yep, that'll hit. 12 damage. You sight the dwarf, you shoot him. This is just business as usual for you. Uh, But similar to like a silk artist, he'd been like climbing up the grapple. So his body just spins down the rope and then just kind of dangles, swinging back and forth, dripping blood from 15 stories up. Great. So I'm just going to hit the comm link again and be like, all right, time to get the fuck out of here. Steal us a hand off of that carps of Tiffany. Honor system, I'm on my way. And then I've already hooked up my grapple for a quick escape. So I just scale down. It's like two stories, but I scale down from there and then I'm dashing over to help honor system bail out. I've also grabbed my shell case 
casings because this is a relatively significant person to have randomly assassinated. So I don't want any trail back to Freddy. Mm. Yep. Fair enough. I kind of check my pockets, realize I don't have like a knife I normally would. So I'll just shoot a magic missile at her wrist to blow it <laughs> I was off. Gonna say, or you might be able to just pull her arm off, you know? <laughs> I'll try to pull it off first. That's a good call. Roll me an exert check. I mean, I already did pull her out of the car, so maybe it's coming loose. And you destroyed her torso. That's a five. Her body starts to come apart a bit, but the arm's still pretty stubborn. Fucking magic missile the rest. <laughs> you can bring the whole car. I just look over at her ineffectually yanking on yeah. I like to imagine, Alan, that this is you picking the arm up by the wrist, and then white light appears around your hand, and then suddenly it just explodes just like, on both sides, yeah. and the arm flumps over. Okay, so you've got... Jesus. <laughs> you've got your hand... Fucking spell slot for that. Oh, we actually need the whole corpse. Uh, I help on her sister's feet and I go pick up the rest of the body because uh, I realize if we leave Tiffany Rathburn's corpse and this gets called in, it's really going to blow our heist. Oh, yeah. I was uh, like, if you didn't say anything, I was going to gingerly pick her body back up and place it back into the burning car. <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust that to get no remains whatsoever. I don't know how good is CSI in the future, Tom. It's good. I mean, you've got DNA coding everywhere. Oh, like, yeah. Fuck this. No, we're bringing the corpse. Yep. Corpse comes with us. And then I look at the corpse and I look at you and I see that you've also been injured, Alan. And I'm like, yeah. well, look, on the bright side, it'll explain the blood at the scene. <laughs> and we run into our van and Stitch peels the fuck out of here. Cool. Well, what a successful little jaunt, my friends. <laughs> right. Alan, I'm going to give you back your spell slot for taking the handoff with Magic Missile. That was just flavor. So Thanks. you're welcome. Cool. So you successfully obtained Tiffany Rathburn's corpse. You left the guards at the scene, so you don't have their DNA profiles, but you do have the car and you have her. Well, realistically, they were an orc and a dwarf, so that wasn't really going to do quite what we'd hoped. Yep. So at this point, I think we slow down on our way there because knowing Alan's injured, we're going to have to sell this as having been ambushed on the way. But luckily, the evidence at the scene will sell that for us. So now I'm drunk and injured. Yeah. So you can be grumpy, which is fine. We'll probably do some hurried repairs on our friend on our system. A, a fixed check, please. I have 10 spare parts on me that I'd be happy to donate to the cause of I've my also, own health. Yeah, I've also got five. So let's okay. see how this... Can I assist? Yep. Yeah, because you've started to learn. Yeah. yeah, we've been teaching you, so... Seven. So you can add a plus one from Alan. That'll be nine. Roll me a d12, please. Eight. All right, so Tyler, you can regain eight HP. How many of the spare parts do you want to use for that? Eight. I'll take them off mine. Cool. Knowing that doesn't quite get him back to full HP, but the focus that we've got is on the external shell. Like, there might still be damage underneath, but we're going to make him look pristine for presentation, or as pristine as we can. Okay, Tyler, please lose one HP then. Given that they're not actually trying to make you better, they're trying to make you look shinier, one of those parts goes to fixing. Cool. And then I'd say the other thing we'll do really quickly, because we've done this before a couple of times where we've had to walk on our system into, like, big fancy tech places is we've sort of got four or five M plate IDs where we can put it's essentially a mask for his code but it's a coded personality of if he were just a bot who's serving a purpose sure yeah that makes sense so we're just going to put him in it's like a samurai bodyguard cool thing. What, what's your fake name what's your cover name as a mindless samurai bodyguard I'm probably just the name of a model call him uh, <laughs> Robochop Robochop <laughs> 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 love it Hello everyone, it's Tyler Hewitt here, just taking a little break from the show to let you know that Dum Dums and Dice have a Patreon. Yeah, did you know that? Have you heard about this? We've got a Patreon, and we've got a bunch of different tiers for you to subscribe at, the lowest one being just $1 per month, and with that you actually get one of my favorite perks, you get access to our patron-only Discord. You got a lot of fans hanging out on there already. It's very active. Uh, we hang out on there. We're active uh, and part of the Discord as well. We've got one of my favorite channels is the Questions for Cast channel, 
where you can ask us about our process, about our characters or anything like that, but also just like personal, you know, kind of get to know us questions as well. Uh, and I like getting to know the fans of our shows uh, on this Discord. So it's been great so far. I highly recommend it. You should head over to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. One more time, patreon.com slash dumdumdice. See you there. So we've got RoboChop, we've got Declan, you're just, I guess, disguising yourself as security as best you can? Yeah, I've got one of the, essentially it's like the regulator uniforms, only we stripped off the regulator parts. Sure. And then I'm just going to be a replacement bodyguard, because we'll just say the ambush on the road happened and that we picked her up and this is like gift robot, or she was protected by corporate security or a separate company or doing Personal Rathburn Industries security. Would Rathburn have had security bots to go out and deal with high profile attacks to like protect people they think are at high risk? Or do we need to play the gift? He's a typhus robot. So likely not. Gift is it. Okay. Because yeah. then we're gifting a, essentially a stolen robot. Would yeah. Be yeah. You, you bought something, you bought okay, something expensive from a competitor or stole something and you're, you're giving it as a, an illicit fuck you. Then yeah, I'll just be, be a replacement bodyguard essentially. Okay. We'll play that off. And then we've got to re-genetify Alan. Yep. And then something I did not say before, but I would love to have. Demon Dem stress. Stress is probably it. But what I want to have is Alan and I both somewhere on our person. It's like face masks that you can pull up to cover up to your nose kind of thing. And they've got skulls, smiles on them they're just hidden away it's just if shit goes bad then we can make ourselves look like terrorists from another house so we can try to build some inter-house feuding stuff i'll give you that for two stress sold Uh, so i'll use alter self okay Um, great i mean i didn't get a quick look at tiffany's face in person what with her jaw but with all the research done i think i've seen enough reference photos photos, to be able to mimic it i was gonna say i just take (laughs) out my data slate just hold it up for (laughs) you Cool. It actually projects a 3D flawless <laughs> hey, rendering of her nice. head. Cool. So you make yourself uh, look like Tiffany Rathburn. Got your guards. You roll up to Ventus. So again, like think large, wide glass main floor. You can see the Ventus Prius and other vehicles on display. Nice big fancy showroom. All these places have the classic like hologram setup and weird shitty corporate videos being like, hi, welcome to Ventus. Mm. Getting mm. you where you need to go. You enter and there's a bank of three greeting desks. So you're kind of in line. But as soon as you're seen, the person at the desk waves you over immediately. And it seems to be a very gently disaffected looking halfling clerk. Alan, you are shocked to see your old pal Quinny work in the front desk. Uh, I'm Tiffany. What's your name? Oh, uh, good day, Miss Rathburn. I understand you have an appointment. I'll buzz you right through. Have a great day. So the <laughs> the, the halfling quickly uh, and efficiently taps you through, being very good at bureaucratic nonsense. And an Emily comes out and says, oh, if you'll follow me, and takes you to the elevator with your security detail. As she walks into the elevator, she looks back and she says, um, uh, Miss Rathburn, if I may say, uh, did you go back to your old nose? And I just kind of try to get in contact with Bourbon through our comm link. A little help here. I was going to say, he's floating with us, right? He's in a backpack. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, he goes, it would seem that perhaps uh, Miss Rathburn has had some reconstructive surgery on her face of late. Quickly, act offended. What are you saying about my nose? You're just a lily, Emily. Yes, ma'am. I, I'm so sorry. I just, I, I was shocked because your new nose was so beautiful. It's my nose. <laughs> it's mine. Not yours. You reach forward and get her nose, like in got your nose, though. 
I got it. V- v- very good. <laughs> you can have it back. Okay, thank thank you, ma'am. And the Emily lets you into the elevator. The doors close, and off you go up towards the executive floor. Yeah. So behind her, this is a character I know. I may have fucked up the regulator, but I know how to be a bored military professional. <laughs> so I've got my SMG, my pistol, and my sniper rifle all slung, like pistol on the hip, and the other two over the back. And I'm just sort of at parade rest, standing. And because of the ID we put on honor system, he looks like a robot in standby mode where you can sort of tell them where to walk, but that's about it. And he's just got a question mark on his face, like awaiting instructions is, is all it, he'll say. Is that me acting? To. Or is that... I like, think it's like a combination of you accepting the template ID. Because it's like a template ID we've put over you so you can override it. Okay. Or you can just let it go. Okay. Because the idea is if somebody stopped or plugged you in to test yeah. what was going on, it would pass that test. Yeah. If I'm addressed directly, that facade is coming down and I will tell them whatever they ask ask me. <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. <sighs> you arrive kind of on the executive floor, the doors open, and it's a very grand room, definitely in that kind of Blade Runner temple architecture style thing. Beautiful, shiny marble floor. There's columns everywhere. And to your surprise, you're greeted by two members of Typhus Security. Ah, oh, Miss Rathburn, is there something wrong? Uh, you're running a bit late. Our scheduled route shows that you should have arrived here some time ago. Bourbon? Oh, you were drinking bourbon. I see. Well, that explains <laughs> a lot. The guards turn to you, Declan, and say, Apologies, sir, as you'll understand, there's uh, no weapons allowed on this floor from outside houses. Understood. They'll take your guns, and they check them in, like, there's, like, a little guard post off to the left. And they said, and uh, what's what's with the uh, the bot? Brought a gift with her. He's in standby. Are there any weapons on the robot? There's the sword, but we can check that. So they check the sword, and they say, of course, it is standard procedure to uh, put a restraining bolt on any unauthorized androids until ownership has been transferred. I assume you have no problem with us installing one of those. Go to time. So on our system, they come over, and they basically have almost like a quick-action injector gun. And you know that restraining bolts are used... To limit robotic actions in places where people don't want robots acting. So this will likely override you pretty heavily. I look at Declan. I'm looking to you for reassurance. The little finger singles that we do is the one that it's just like a literally a little spin of a finger. And it just means like, let this play out. And And then I flash in my other hand the pliers that I have. Okay. Like the other guys can't see, but he can. And I'm like, yeah. That's better. Okay. We knew this was going to happen. Yeah. All right. I don't do anything i cool so they drill a bolt into you and it's like you're riding inside i'm on a ride i'm on rails yeah, yeah exactly so that happens ma'am um lady samo is waiting for you in her chambers thank you for the gift we'll of course see you there and then uh, allow you to conduct the business you've come to conduct so they lead the three of you it's pretty standard for people from various houses to keep their personal bodyguards with them so they they let declan come along as well They take you past a bunch of columns. You can see on this floor particularly, there's a lot of executive level people hanging out. It's very opulent. It's very Egypt or Rome style. People are reclining. You can tell they're still doing business, but it's a very relaxed attitude. A lot of wealth. You also notice, however, as you're walking, that they seem to be going over gun schematics, which seems wildly out of place at Ventus. Finally, you're brought to a pair of double doors. The typhus guards take a position on either side, and they say, your meeting awaits. The doors slide open, and the three of you enter into a massive Bruce Wayne and Wayne Towers-style office. Mm. So large vaulted ceiling, huge glass viewport that looks out over the city. Along the walls, there's all sorts of, like, the evolution of vehicles. In the center is a large metallic desk, very futuristic, very sleek slumped over which is a dead woman with a knocked over glass in her hand and a scattering of pills. As you walk in, the doors close lock behind you and a view screen jumps to life and you see projected that 10 feet by like 20 feet Grayson Typhus. 
And he says, oh, Tiffany, welcome. Please don't mind the mess. I just like to keep reminders around, you know? I I like what you've done with the decor. <sighs> Thank you, Tiffany. You know, um, hostile takeovers are always a bit of a difficult matter, but obviously Saruthi didn't take it particularly well. But, you know, I just find it, it's helpful to have a nice visual reminder of how far Ventus has come and how far it'll go now that it's part of our family. But uh, enough about that. Let's talk about your family. Are the appropriate things in place to commence with our plan? Oh, yeah. All the things. Great. Wonderful. Well... I do apologize that uh, your mother will be caught up in it, but my son Adonis is quite looking forward to your eventual nuptials and the joining of our houses, so I'm glad to see you here. Now, tell me, did you bring one of my robots with you? You know, just to help me stand. I can see I picked the right co-conspirator for this particular operation. So you've got Ventus on screen. You mean Typhus, right? Sorry, yes. And you can tell that he was supposed to have a meeting with, quote, quote, Saruthi for a bit. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say you can ask him four questions. So I will say that uh, the two of you can feed lines to them. So you can just ask me directly rather than having Laura have to just repeat okay. things you're saying. Yeah. Cool. So um, we'll imagine she repeats it all in fabulous drunk voice. Yeah. Um, fabulous drunk voice. Well, here, do you know what? We all have to put on that voice. Yeah, like that is the question <laughs> we're asking gotta for got to sound like a sexy baby. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, can you tell me the timeline for the takeover again we've already booked your nuptials and the honeymoon which seems to be according to adonis all you particularly want to talk about so the successful takeover should be within the next few days as soon as we've unveiled our new line of mech technology at mech fest we will be making our move to secure the conglomerate for ourselves who me yeah it's your turn we'll just go around you might have to come back to me because uh, sorry i'm it's okay on our system might just not be chatty that's fine yeah so what about the other houses because there's like five and we're like three typhus explains that having quietly taken over ventus he's now positioned pretty well with tiffany's help tiffany's mother did not want any kind of alliance but luckily for typhus his son adonis is very very handsome and as a result was able to forge an alliance with tiffany so the deal is overthrow the heads of the rathburn the rathburn marries into typhus creating a three to two he mentions that Amazon is pretty isolated. Jeff Bezos, kind of an odd duck. He's taken up residence in the lost city of the Planteers, which legend has it used to float in the sky back in the, the Age of Magic, but now is kind of a ruin in the far, far west. So he's built his kind of empire there. And even though Amazon has a large financial stake and essentially controls the delivery of commerce throughout the conglomerata, Bezos himself keeps to his private island. He'll be easy enough to isolate, not necessarily to overthrow, but to neutralize. Carmine, meanwhile, is a bit more of an issue. He's been completely resistant to all talks, and Typhus is preparing for war with FFNS if it comes to that. So, like, totally, what can I do to guarantee this venture's success? What weaknesses do we still need to address? Well, your mother still needs to die. You can choose to say this or not, but you just hear Honor System say, like, I do not have a mother. Yeah, I'm not going to say that part. (laughs) (laughs) Ellen, getting on side with the con. (laughs) Great, so that's three, you get one more. So, like, I like to party and all, and sometimes I, like, forget stuff. I mean, don't worry, I remember it all. But, like... (laughs) 
Am I supposed to kill my mom or like, are, are you doing it? You'd assured me at our last meeting that you would do it. If you fail to, I will marry Adonis off to the first floozy I can find. And you will have to say goodbye to these. And he like holds up a picture of abs and he points at them. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm still helping on through her ear. And I'm just like, no, I'm going to fire him so hard. Don't, I can do it. I can no, do it. You also promised to sober up. So I must say, I'm very disappointed to see you in this state. You'd even mentioned a vow of silence. I'm very disappointed you didn't follow through. Sometimes when you're going to murder your mom, you just I have a drink. I guess I can understand that. I felt the same way when I murdered my parents. <laughs> We're friends. <laughs> Alan, tell him you appreciate the time. Thanks. And then probably do like a really long like bye. Because a lot of the girls do that in the corporate world. Mr. Vance, thanks for your time. Really looking forward to getting with your son. It's <laughs> going to be great. Ugh. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs> and then he logs off. Um, so you're left alone in the room. You get the sense that you probably have just a few minutes before anyone else comes traipsing through. I think we'll go to the desk. I'm going to bring Honor System with me. So he's always like one step to my left. I want to get out my data slab. Mm-hmm. If there's a computer there, is it open? No, I mean, she's probably been dead for a couple weeks. Are there any hard drives or any data sites? You can boot her stuff up. Like it, it's Yeah, just I, want, like, I want to boot it up. So yeah, Okay, so you boot up the computer. It's asking you for a password. I'm going to pull up Porna. But like Porna 5.0, mm-hmm. I've actually spent all the time with the failed hacking tests and stuff like that upgrading the program. So I want to see if I can get past the password. But before I do that, because I went before and I go, oh, I always forget to do this. I'm going to look around the desk to see if there's like a sticky note or anything, because some people are terrible with passwords and have to write them down. You look around, you don't see a sticky note. However, you do see that Saruthi is clutching something in her offhand. So she's got like the hand that was on the glass. But her other hand seems to be clutching something. I want to look at that thing. So it appears to be uh, slightly larger than a monocle-sized ring. Currently, you can see through it. But Alan, you recognize it is looking very similar to the portal tech. Can I Can I hold that? I just hand it to her. I look in. Can I see anything through it? It seems to be deactivated currently. Do you want to try and turn it on? I, I would love to, yes. You can spend a spell slot to activate it. Okay. You kind of infuse it with what in this world would probably be referred to as quantum energy, but is actually your magic. Mm-hmm. And suddenly it does that Stargate ripple and you're sort of seeing flashes of images. It's almost like trying to look through a torn piece of paper. So do me a favor, roll me five notice checks while we continue to operate things over here and let me know the results. Okay. She's working on that. You're looking at her computer system. This is the CEO's office. So there's an advantage and a disadvantage to this. The advantage is they don't expect anyone to be in here who shouldn't be. The disadvantage is it is pretty well encrypted. Um, I assume you also take the restraining bolt off on our system now that you're... Because I've done this before and we've had to run a lot of scams with him as a robot and not. I take it off, but I leave it in place. So it's no longer making any of the contacts where it is, but it looks like it's still on him because we do have to walk out Mm -hmm. through security again. And I just say to him, you got to act like that thing's fucking on. You know how you came in? You got to match that on the way out. Thank you. Because we don't have guns, and we all die if we fuck this up, because there's a lot of people. I will try. I'll take what I can get. Ah, oh, you're a handsome bastard. And I turn back to the computer. Before I go through, the other thing I want to do is rifle through Saruthi's pockets, if she's got pockets in her outfit. Like, mm-hmm. do I come up with anything? Yeah, I mean, you come up with the standard things you'd expect a person to be carrying around. She's got a wallet of some sort, a digital wallet, identification cards. You can tell anything that would be transmitting has been deactivated remotely. So, like, her ID, her bank account, all that sort of stuff has been remotely deactivated. She's got car keys, house keys, digitally, of course, but like that sort of thing. You find a handwritten suicide note folded up in her breast pocket. She's wearing like a very fine suit. 
And I think you find a small religious token of some sort. It doesn't look like any of the ones you've seen before. Okay. I think I got to just try porn on this computer then because I've found no evidence of anything whatsoever. At the same time, I will turn to Honor System and say, get us a sample of her DNA from somewhere they won't notice. And then I plug in to try to hack this computer. Okay. So go ahead and roll me a program check, please. Eight. You run one cycle through, and I would say you've half-hacked the password. That said, the program starts to identify that there's an intruder system attacking. So you probably have two more attempts. I'm like inside looking at code, and I'm like, oh, I'm almost there, I'm almost there. Cool. I'm gonna so get it. similar to what Laura's doing, roll me two, and we'll come back to what you're doing. Tyler, what is Honor System doing? I want to read what's on the suicide note. She expresses deep regret that she allowed the Great House of Ventus, that she and other stewards like her have served for generations, mm-hmm. to fall into the hands of Typhus. But what has occurred is the result of a long-standing effort on Typhus's part to slowly overthrow the conglomerate and take it for himself. Mm. She can't live with the shame of having lost a house. She's like a a cutthroat CEO, and basically he just bought the company out from under her. Mm. She does, however, mention a coded phrase to the effect of Typhus's greatest shame may be found at sea. Okay. And then she she signs off. Her final line is, may Alathor forgive what I do. Alathor. Okay. As for getting DNA, I just push the glass across the table over to Declan Mm -hmm. and point to where her mouth and hands would have made contact. Great. I'll also share the suicide note information with you, specifically that phrase. Maybe we can brainstorm on it together. The secret at sea kind of thing? Yeah. Great. Do you want Laura's numbers first or my numbers first now? Um, Ryan, give me your numbers first, please. 13 and 8. You successfully hack your way through. It just took three kicks at breaking the code, so you now have access to her mainframe. Give it a quick think about what you want to do with that, and I'll come back. Laura, uh, what did you roll? Five, nine, six, eleven, and five. As you're looking through it, you're seeing strange glimpses of various things. You see planes in the distance and mesas and a completely barren desert. You see flashes of things that look very similar to places in Faerun, you know. But most alarmingly, as these things flash by, you get just the briefest glimpse of what looks like, based on his armor and kind of the size of him, butthole. And it looks like he's locked in mortal combat with Quinny. Then the image flashes away. No. So you think that maybe by focusing, you might be able to glom in on that image. But since you didn't roll spectacularly well, it's going to have to be a devil's bargain. So are you willing to commit your magical energies to keeping this thing stable enough to see what's occurring back in Room? Maybe I can get a message to them. Maybe I can get a message to them. I want to quickly scrabble. Do I have time or do I sense, do I I need to focus right now? This doesn't seem to be fleeting. Mm -hmm. Now that you've recognized it, you've seen that image flicker by a few times. I'd like to write on a piece of paper a message Mm -hmm. in case I can get it through. That just says, Quinian butthole, I don't know why you're fighting, but whatever the reason, just know that we're still friends. And then I sign it, Alan, and I roll it up into a scroll and and tie it together. Okay. I'll come back to you in a minute. Um, Team, other stuff team. Ryan, what do you want to get from the computers? I want to do two things. I want to download as much as possible, specifically classified R&D, portal-related stuff, if I could find anything on the stack. Like, I want to yank all of their highest profile stuff and just copy it to the data slate. And then the other thing I'd really like to do is now that I have full access from a CEO terminal that no one thinks is active, I would like to drop one of the viruses that I designed with Honor System previously, which will leave us a backdoor into this system we can remote access so that we could come back to this. Theoretically, we know it'll be high risk. There's always a chance it gets found later. There's a chance they could track us through it. Like We'll have to be careful, but just leaving a possible backdoor. 
for future exploit. Can you roll me a programming check, please, to leave the bug? 11. 11, great. You managed to implant that. You're not seeing any information on the stack because Ventus likely doesn't have that. However, to your great surprise and delight, you are also getting base level access to Typhus. I was hoping um, that happened. Because the systems have been merged over. You're pulling files. It seems that just as you're like reading things as they're uploading as quickly as possible, the portal tech seems to have been perfected. They haven't made it available to the consumer market yet, largely because they were consumed by Typhus before they could. And as a result, their technology has been subverted and used for other purposes. But it does look capable and stable. Those sorts of things look possible. You also find word that Ventus Tech has been sort of shipped out to a lot of Typhus facilities uh, as well as elsewhere. Yeah, that's probably the most you can get kind of at a quick glance. Yeah, that makes sense. I imagine if I'm here, I'd also then want to pull a list of Typhus facilities that have been shipped to. Sure. Just because then we know where the portals went. Yep, great. You take all of that. Alan, I'm also going to say, as a thing you can keep in mind, you can also attempt to do this later. You don't need to do this in room. If you're going to take it with you, Mm -hmm. you can attempt to stabilize it elsewhere. I want to do it now because I may have to get that message to them before they kill each other. Cool. Are you going to tell them what's up or are you just going to do it on your own? I'll tell them. Declan, honor system... This is a portal, and I've seen my world through it. I need to try to contact it. Can you wait? We're in the middle of a giant facility where everyone wants to kill. If they open the door while you're, I don't know, floating with your eyes closed and glowing, we're all fucked. That is too small. You cannot fit. No, I just want to send a message. Could you send a message in 10 minutes? It's the joy of email. Uh, Can't we walk and do this? No, you can't use magic out in the open with a portal. Alan, roll me an arcana check, please, using your D&D numbers. 16. As you're arguing about this and your desire to send a message through becomes stronger and stronger, your hand begins glowing and the portal solidifies. The more you're thinking about Quinny and Butthole and what's happening and what must be happening to them, your concern grows stronger and stronger and the subconscious magic energies begin to stabilize the portal. So now you're basically holding sort of a gateway through. Beyond the portal, you can see someone who looks like an older, angrier version of Butthole swinging a bloody blade. You can see a number of armored figures engaged in combat, but more concerningly, you see Butthole swinging Moonlight Bringer back and forth, screaming, I'm sorry. You see Queenie ducking and weaving. You get the sense from the look of absolute pain and terror in Butthole's eyes that he's being controlled by his father. Mm-hmm. And having learned from Martha that he can't say no to his father, I'm going to link those two. Uh, what do you do? I have one of these antidotes, right, from Martha? The genetic recoders, yes. Yeah. Can I fit the data pad through? Yeah, I think so. Okay, then what I want to do, I want to put the data pad, the antidote, and this letter through. Okay, can you roll me a constitution save, please? 20 total. You force your hand through and it's a little bit like putting your hand through a wall of fire because you're not physically coming through the portal all at once. You're basically focusing hard on your wrist to keep your particles together. Intact. (laughs) Yeah, but your hand manages to force through trembling and you manage to drop it on the other side. As it drops, you see Quinny kind of look up confused and then the portal destabilizes. Can you roll me a dexterity save to get your hand out of the way? Yes. Oh, oh no. 15. The portal snaps shut and you pull back a stump. This is why I say we do things after we leave. Ellen, the good news is it's sheared completely. So it's a clean. Yeah, it's a it's a Star Wars. It's it's like a cauterized, yeah, cauterized hand. Declan, you see alerts start to appear on the screen. Obviously, this computer's been tagged for attention. Honor system, you've got like a news feed running in your head all the time, right? Sure. You start to get notices tagged with Ventus Industries. The story that you guys leaked has now clearly become public knowledge. It's been picked up. And it would seem that FFS and Amazon have declared war on House Ventus for dealing in illegal technologies. There's a bunch of lines about Carmine Falstaff openly declaring intent to strike back. Mm. 
And your spidey sense starts tingling pretty badly because you know things move pretty quickly in this world when bad stuff's happening. So you think you probably don't have too, too much time left in this room before shit goes real bad. Okay, we've got what we need here. I just unhook the data pad and shut everything back down so it's all totally neutral. No one would theoretically know from looking at it. They'd have to do like a deep dive tech-wise to figure it out. And we go over, is her stump bleeding? Uh, no, it's cauterized. However, since Alter Self is a concentration spell, she now just looks I like Alan. I was just going to say, yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Tell me you can make yourself go back. And I try. Roll me a constitution safe please eight the pain is too much you can't concentrate hard enough jesus christ okay from what we saw outside the guards do they know that saruthi's dead is this pretending for every they're typhus yep. so everyone in the building knows it's typhus no everyone on the executive floor knows it's typhus for example the queenie you met at the front desk and probably the emily you met down there both fully believe that saruthi is still running ventus is there another door to this room is this a high level executive where she might have her own like escape helipad bullshit that um, you deal with a lot of like high can levels can you roll me a quick programming check to see if you can pull that information Looking yeah. around the room, you can't see anything, but the odds of there not being something like that are pretty yeah, low. Yeah, I pull up my data slate and start shifting through the records to see if there's anything like that. Seven. I'd say if you flip up the bust of Shakespeare and push the button, a door opens. There isn't like an escape pod out of this room, but there does seem to be like a small hallway that will lead you to such a thing. Great. Okay. Everyone through there. We start going down that hallway and then I digitally using my back door reach through and shut everything. So if cool. security didn't know, they won't know where the hell we went. You book it down and basically it's like, if you imagine you've got this giant glass wall that views out as you're running, you can see sort of like several dots in the distance with like flares behind them approaching. You're kind of running along a thin hallway that still has a fully glass wall leading outside, almost a ventilation duct, but for people. And ahead of you, you can see there's a small jump ship version of a helicopter standing by, no pilot, obviously, in kind of an alcove. It's clearly like the executive limo. There are two guards standing idly by, but neither of them are paying much attention. You can see both their eyes are fixed in the distance on the rapidly approaching objects. What do you do? I want to walk up to them and I'll take out the data slate and basically I'll show it to the guards. The news outlet is like constantly updating with more and more details are revealed and stuff like that. And I'll say House Ventus's secret activity has been revealed to the other houses. Those units on the horizon are from House FFS and Rathburn. You've been made. Go retrieve our weapons. A fight is coming. Roll me a... I think that's a talk. Oh, good numbers! Double sixes. Whoa, um, baby. So that's a total of 11. Seeing a security droid is strange, but they're Typhus. So having a Typhus samurai bot run up to them and tell them to get the fuck out of Dodge... And they're going to get the fuck out of Dodge. They're going to come back from Dodge with our weapons, though, right? Yeah, well, okay, well, good. Well, I was going to say, I reach into my back pocket seeing this happen and just slap that Typhus sigil on my armor. <laughs> so if they go past, that's what it looks like. So, yeah, one of them runs for the weapons and the other one starts doing the pre-flight checks. Meanwhile, like kind of back down the hall, you hear the vid screen come on again and you hear Grace and Typhus saying, Tiffany, if you're still in the building, you need to get out now. Get out now. Go. And then it clicks back off. The guard comes running back with the gear, also like with his stuff and like mm. a couple of valuables from the museum of transportation over his shoulder. And he's like, okay, shit, we got to go. We got to yep. go. Wait, who's she? Shut up. Get on board or we're all going to fucking die. Uh, and we, ju I just start shoving everybody on the helicopter. I'm like, lift off. We can jump in while we're moving. <laughs> cool. So they're going to roll a pilot check. Oh, good pilot check. The servo rotors go off. The ship kind of lifts. Think the Terminator hunter killer drone style ships, oh, yeah. the jump ship equivalent of that. So it begins to fly out. As you do, you see that the objects approaching aren't, in fact, dropships or units, but rather rockets. Um, <laughs> and basically, as you fly out and dip down, six rockets impact the building behind you and just fucking gut it. So as the kind of House of Ventus crumbles behind you, you take off into the sunset. So after you've managed to dispose of the two Typhus guards, however <laughs> you would. They're dead. Great. It's a raining Typhus. You manage to take the ship out to safe distance, probably outside the city. 
and the three of you have a chance to regroup. Stitch is still in town, but obviously at distance, so they'll find you later. But the three of you have a chance to reflect on what's occurred and make a brief plan for what comes next for the three of you. Just so that I understand exactly what's going on, because there's a lot there at the end. War has been declared between FFNS, Amazon, versus Ventus. Two unallied houses have declared war on Ventus, not Typhus. All right, so we started a war. That's great. Unfortunately, we started it between some proxies, which is less great. However, oh... Honor system, I love you so much because I know that you recorded the entire conversation with Grayson fucking Typhus. Yes. Ah, delightful. You know who might be joining the war? The Rathburns and Typhus. Ah, it just warms the cockles of my heart because they're all going to die. Uh, but more immediately in the short term. We can help stoke some fires and keep that war nasty from a little bit of sideline action. But we need to get you home. Alan. Could we maybe heal my hand first? Alan, as you're like gesturing at your stump, just my hand kind of slaps down on it and there's pain, but also all of a sudden everything at the end goes cold. And I explain, this will keep you from bleeding out and any further necrosis of the flesh, it will have to do for now until we get you a robotic prosthetic. Bourbon Sherbert's like, we can be twins. In the background, you just hear hissing wind and you look back and I'm like, well, I guess we're all just doing chores. And you see me kick the two naked corpses of the typhus guys out because I took all their clothes, armor and other shit just so the bodies are mm. gone. And then I shut the door and come back. Cool. So, Alan, you've managed to assist your friends back in their world, but uh, at great cost yourself. That said, you know Faerun will never be safe as long as typhus weapons mm -hmm. are afoot. There's still the mages of the stack to consider, as well as the new future, which is just beginning to dawn here in this world. Again, the three of you have a second to breathe and a second to reflect, um, and then a second to decide what your next course of action is. Watching the Ventus Corporation's head office explode was gratifying. Agreed. I look forward to replicating that on the other houses. Well, if we're looking for next steps, A, I definitely stole a list of locations where there are portals so we could look for slightly less defended ones for an Allen exit plan. And B, we still have a genetic profile of Tiffany Rathburn. And theoretically, if you get your powers back because I maybe chopping your arm off makes you not a magician anymore, I don't know. I still... Have my powers. Nailed it. All right, so you can still be Tiffany. We got MechFest. We got all that to deal with. We got an invitation if we're going to put you undercover. Uh, there's this guy named Adonis I'd like to shoot in the face. And there's this guy named Grayson I'd like to shoot in the face. And I feel like we could get the rest of the Rathburns to join us in perhaps that shooting in the facing. Yes. Alan, we will need you to masquerade as Tiffany a little longer. And if you do, this is sort of a carrot and a stick scenario, we got to put you back in danger. However, if we do well enough, we can get you to one of those portals and then send you back to whatever land where maybe you ride ponies and can be made queen. I mean, the ending of that aside, yes. She's going to be a hell of a queen. <laughs> so with that, the three of you load back up into the now corpseless hover vehicle and head back off into the distance to begin your next plans. This episode of Dum Dums and Dragons 2099 features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, and our DM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra. The system we're playing is called Stars Without Number, and Dum Dums and Dragons artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at delborovic.com. Our theme songs are Core Collapse and Sanctuary of the Sky Gods by Nathaniel Yaverne, and our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by 
by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, all available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice, or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Now I'm off to do future things before we return for the next episode of Dum Dums and Dragons 2099. Epilogue 1. Bucky ran. The road had been long, particularly with all the damage Juniper and Quinny had inflicted to it, but Bucky had gone as fast as he could. Luckily, part of the way, he hitched a ride on a wagon with a helpful cloaked figure with a pointed beard, who kept trying to convince him to play Hungry Hungry Hippos. Though the game looked exciting, Bucky had to focus. After what seemed like an age, the figure dropped him off and wished him luck. Bye not, Pete! Bucky yelled and ran into Neverwinter. The city was in chaos, with mercenaries of all shapes and sizes celebrating the retirement of their commander, Potatoes, a war hero Bucky remembered Butthole telling him stories about. When they'd split up, Neverwinter had been occupied under the thumb of the unseen hand, but clearly the dum-dums had done it again. With a spring in his step, Bucky rushed towards Lord Neverember's castle, now flying an unfamiliar banner. Though the day was clearly won, something was wrong. He could practically feel it, and using a couple of quick spells, he managed to charm his way into the castle and began up the large staircase. Suddenly, a chill ran through him, his chaos magic momentarily overwhelming his senses. He saw blood, so much blood, and amidst it, a hammer. Butthole, on his knees, soaked in gore, staring blankly off into space, all sense of purpose drained from his being. Something terrible was about to happen. With a jolt, Bucky came to his senses, forcing the chaos magics away. It was getting harder and harder to do it, the visions getting stronger and stronger. But he had to keep trying, at least for now. Because maybe, just maybe, there was still time. Maybe he could still save them all. And so, Bucky ran. But the fight had already begun. Epilogue 2. The Underdark. In his world, it had been a massive network of high-speed transport, stripped of its resources long ago and left for dead. But here... Menzo Baranzen was a massive structure of stone, glowing globes of dim light, the whole place humming with dark energies. Xanthus breathed it in, feeling his energies swell. The host he'd finally managed to transfer with was powerful indeed. More than she knew, and now those powers were his, once he harnessed them and finished the collection. His troops, the Stained Guard, were posted behind him, their eccentric leader Ranger taking overwatch. Xanthus didn't much care for his protectors, but they had their uses, just like the droid he'd left behind in his world. Faintly, he wondered what had happened to Bourbon Sherbet, but only out of a vague curiosity. His suspicion was that the regulators had done their jobs, and that Bourbon, survivalist though it was, was now scrap, and Alan was in the stacks. A shame that, such potential. But his world was one that saw such potential and burned it down to the wick. This world cultivated and stoked the flames. Xanthus intended to secure as much accelerant as he could. He would burn brightest of all. The large, squat building before him was nestled into a bed of stalagmites, each carved to represent a different scientific discipline. Though the marks of alchemy and magic were unfamiliar to him, he recognized the gist of it. Even here, a scientific mind could thrive. Nodding to the stain to guard his back, Xanthus entered the building. The air smelt of burnt ozone and an odd, incongruous hint of chamomile. Xanthus smiled at that. The more things change, the more they stay the same, even here. 
He was greeted by a dark elf with stooped shoulders who seemed surprised to see him, which, of course, made perfect sense to Xanthus. After exchanging a few carefully constructed lies, the elf led Xanthus deeper into the building, down smooth, sloping stone rampways, and into a natural cavern that had been repurposed into a large laboratory. The Institute of Shadows more than lived up to its name, alchemical fire and contained globes casting dancing shadows across the massive stone walls. To a casual observer, it would seem distracting, but Xanthus could immediately recognize the calming and focusing effect of the interplay between light and dark. He could see getting lost in it to consider an unsolvable problem, supposedly the goal of the Institute. It had taken him some time to find it, but the stain had proved most useful, as had the materials they'd stolen from the airship and from his host's former lab. Finally, the attendant stopped at a large slab covered with ink-stained scrolls and bubbling vials, standing over which was a dark elf muttering calculations with his back turned. The guide opened his mouth to speak, but Xanthus raised a hand to silence him. With a dismissive wave, Xanthus sent him on his way. The dark elf looked helplessly back and forth between them, then nodded and shuffled on. Xanthus cleared his throat, and the other elf turned from his work, clearly annoyed. But then his features went slack in shock. It was, after all, as though he were looking into a mirror. Hello, brother. Xanthus smiled and plunged his arm deep into his twin's chest. So, it is possible. The impaled Xanthus managed to cough, spitting out blood. It is, Xanthus confirmed. Not just travel between worlds, but the singularity. His dying Faerunian counterpart nodded. The one fueled by many. Then do it. Become the singularity. And rise. With a nod, Xanthus tore out the other man's heart and sunk his teeth deep into its still-beating flesh. He felt the knowledge, wisdom, and power of his other self flow through him. He could feel himself begin to change. This was but the first. There would be others, and he would consume them all. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. This is Yanni, and welcome to Season 2 of Harlem Queen. Thank you for listening. The season picks up with the search for Michelle. You are listening to the Floyd J. Calvin program. And now, straight to the headlines. Manhattan debutante and socialite Michelle Mondesir has been kidnapped from her Connecticut boarding school. There is a tri-state search for Mademoiselle Mondesir, who is 15 years of age, Caucasian, and was last seen yesterday evening going to her dormitory. Stephanie is frantic and she risks all in order to find her missing daughter. We will find Michelle. There are troopers all along the New Jersey and Pennsylvania highways. That's not enough. Madame Stephanie St. Clair posted a $10,000 reward for information that leads to the safe return of Ms. Mondesir. You need to take down your reward, Stephanie. I will not. Those no-good couples are already saying she's dead. The connection between the debutante and the numbers queen is unclear. And Stephanie still has to contend with Luciano and Schultz plotting to push her out of her own turf. Word on the street is that it's Schultz. Who cares about a lost colored girl? This one is white. Fifth Avenue debutante, lot of money, well connected. And I want to find out why Stephanie is so fixated on the girl. Stephanie is highly invested in her safe return. What do you need me to do? I need you to cheese it. What about Sinclair? You tried to clip her twice. Is she pushing up daisies? No. We're going to get her another way. Even Halstein is suspicious. Is he truly a friend or a foe? 
She's putting herself behind the eight ball. There's something more there, and I need to find out. In the meantime, someone has to earn the money she's deciding not to earn. You have no power in this case, Stephanie. In fact, you're a liability. I will do everything in my power to get her home safe and sound. Listen up for season two. Harlem Queen is a recipient of the Lower Manhattan Cultural Council's Creative Engagement Grant. And once we all get through this safe and sound, we will have a live radio show of Harlem Queen this fall. More episodes to come. Take good care and stay well. Thank you.